my biggest thing, I think, is mindset when you came to what's most important is work ethic and mindset. But once you have the mindset to me that you're going to do it and that you can do it, it's just a matter of time before you had, it actually just starts to happen because your mindset is going to push everything else behind it. Your, your work ethic, discipline. Once your mind is made up, you're, you're, you're good to go. It is impossible to anticipate where the two monsters which suddenly appeared in the Atomi area will attack next. If your power goes out, remain calm. In three, two, one, we go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 45 of the First Sit Podcast. Today we have on Lorenzo Jackson of Jackson Rental Homes. Um, Dikembe stumbled across Lorenzo. Lorenzo is a specialist in the real estate world. He does a lot of different things, investing, um, rentals, and many other facets. He coaches, and we're going to touch on all of them today just because we've touched on many other pieces of real estate in the past on this podcast, and we're trying to get as many incredible minds as we can on, and Lorenzo happens to be one of them. So with that being said, Lorenzo, thanks so much, man. We appreciate it. Oh, man. Thanks a lot, guys. I'm so excited today. I appreciate you having me today. I, I'm I'm still kind of shocked here that this is really happening. Lorenzo's juiced up. Yeah, man. He's ready to go, and I'm, I'm ready to go. You remember I said a couple – well, give a little bit more of a backstory. I remember sending – my dad, I think it was a like a congratulations poster on a recent deal that you had, and it was in the um, it was in the EYL investment group, right? The Earn Your Leisure Investment Group, and I think it was what like a hundred unit uh, apartment complex. Yeah, we had our first uh, million dollar deal. Yeah, right. So that was a major thing. So I'm like, wow, look at this. And so because I I was kind of tuning into people like Malik Carter and you know like a lot of those other guys who are big in the Philadelphia area. So then I stumbled upon you, and I'm like, wow, this is another guy who's doing exactly you know, what I want to do in the next, you know, like whoever knows how many years it'll take to get there, but this is exactly what I want to do. So let me tap in and start learning from this person. And here and we are. Here. Spoke it into reality. Here man. we are. <laughs> That's it. So, all right, Lorenzo, why don't we just get started then? Just like a basics. How did you enter the real estate world and how have you carved your path out to where you are now? Well, I'm, I'm a second generation real estate investor. So I kind of always has that as a, I have a slight advantage where my father was investing as I was growing up. Um, so we had multiple properties and he made sure that we were aware that those properties were used to fund our education. So I was in private school up until I went to high school and he said, look, these builders are paying for you guys to go to school. So uh, as a basketball player, I would go play basketball during the day. But in the afternoon on the weekends, we were working on the properties, whether it was painting, removing trash. And sometimes we had to remove tenants. There was no court dealing with my dad. So when he said get out, he meant it the old school way. <laughs> mm. That's, I mean, that's interesting, like getting that early exposure. I see, you know, from your post, I can see that you bring your, you, you have a uh, daughter, right? I have a yeah, I have a daughter and a son. Yep, so there you go. So I know I've seen a few of the posts there where you bring your kids in, and into it and they kind of help you explain, you know, some of the real estate stuff and just get involved with it. So is that something that you're also big on is exposing them to real estate too? I think exposure is so key because um, that's another reason why we coach. But with, with my kids, I want them to know that they have options. Um, it's going to be sometimes as we are gifted, like you guys are blessed, we understand what real estate can do for our family. And when we execute it correctly, our kids may never actually work a regular job and they are not going to live a normal, a regular life. And trying to explain to them why 
you know, they don't go to this school or why we're going on this vacation. And it ties all back to real estate and make sure that they understand that. Hmm. Now, did you, I know you said you're second generation. So was everything taught down or have you stumbled and learned your way throughout the process? I, he was, he was really, my father was really old school with it. So I learned um, the newer way as the Burr method, um, using credit funding, using, um, I'm a licensed agent. So I had a different view on how to take the business on. Hmm. So I'm really him times a hundred. Mm. Um, what we learned in, I hope he doesn't in, Southwest, yeah, in Southwest Philly on the streets so, and combine that with the private school education. And it's almost like you created a ghost from power in yeah. the real estate world. <laughs> that really is the perfect storm right there, right? Like having yeah. that like street knowledge and then being able to pair it with like the proper presentation, right? And the perfect like packaging to be able to roll everything out. And then it's just like, boom, you know, the possibilities are endless. So, and I mean, yeah. you're, you're proving it, right? So, yeah. How and then you got the hustle. You learn the hard work. The hard work is the the key, the key ingredient to most of this. I mean, that's I had a post about that earlier today, you know, asking people like what they think. Because I was listening to somebody talk about the different pieces, Quadrants. you know, and the puzzles of in the puzzle of success. Right. So if you break that up, they were saying, you know, you have what's the most important between your talent, your work ethic, your uh, what was it, your network and also your mindset. Right? right. And when I was listening to it, I. I just come back to the work ethic, right? Like, I feel like if you continue to do that, most of the other things will fall into place. And, you know, hearing you say it's like you pick up that hard work and then you put it into everything else and there it is, right? So how long have you been involved now in the in the real estate game in general? I got involved, I started in 2007 as a real estate agent. What a time. So, yeah, what a time. And that will translate on how the big crash actually turned me into a rental agent. Because none of my friends could afford properties. Um, and as a rental agent, I realized I can get, if I rented three houses, I can get as much of a commission check as if it was if I sold the house. Although selling houses was a little bit sexier, renting houses was more considered like a blue collar agent in a way. That is, um, yeah, it's funny you say that because that's, we were talking about that the other day. That's how I'm trying to, you know, kind of build out my real estate business right now. So I would love to hear how that, you know, started with you. Because we, I feel like we're kind of going through a, we're definitely going through an economic slush right now where the real estate market, building a real estate business, you might have to shift your things and focusing on rentals is something that I'm realizing might actually help a lot. So what, yeah, what would you say about that? When he says rentals though, Lorenzo, are you Airbnb properties or are you, are they long-term? I'm doing long-term residential units. Okay. So Good you're, purchase, you're purchasing a home, getting tenants for whatever the least, the length of the least, typically a year, I would assume. That's correct. Okay. And then um, on the commission side, then we'll get, you can get up to one month's rent on the commission side if you negotiate that correctly. How mm -hmm. nice. How many do you have right now, if you don't mind me asking? In my portfolio, I'm close to 40. Oh, nice. Um, but on the management side, we're up to almost 145. Wow. Okay. Oh, so you're, so you're managing multiple properties as well. Mm -hmm. Yes, I own a property management company. So my rental, my little rental agent business, um, I was a property manager for 10 years for a large apartment complex. And the way I learned, I took everything I learned there was more of a 10-year education. So I learned their systems on how to collect rent, how to turn units, the entire, everything that dealt with property management, I just started my own. And people started to gravitate towards me uh, to manage their properties because I was able to be creative with it. Hmm. And um, and I have a structure behind it. It's a big system behind it. And now I, I know Dikembe was asking how you're getting on the journey, but <clears throat> I'm, I'm just interested myself. How many employees do you have? 
in within the management company? On the full-time employees, I have four. Okay. And then I have um, outside contractors to complete the maintenance sure. and all of our service requests. So I never, I didn't call them. They're not technically employees. They're independent contractors, but I have um, the actual employee backend system to take the calls and run the systems and marketing. So if you ever DM me on Instagram, my assistants are actually the ones that respond between nine and six. Mm-hmm. Nice man. After six, it's you. You have control. Yeah, after six is me. If I if I feel like jumping in, I may jump in. Okay. Mm-hmm. What I missed for today, if it's anything personal. Um, but yeah, you try to automate everything as much as I can. But um, yeah, we have a lot of people that DM us about properties in my back office. They're really the backbone of the business. That's I'm, I'm happy you brought that up because. That's, you know, as we're building our business and trying to figure out other things that will really help us out, whether it be between the podcast or real estate, one thing I'm starting to realize is that automation is going to be a big game changer for a lot of it. And you were talking about how you have people, you know, kind of respond to your messages and dealing with just the social media traffic. And, you know, because I can only imagine how much flow you get because I see, you know, I'm involved in the Facebook communities. I see we're, you know, involved in a few of the same ones. And the amount of rentals I see you post in a week, I mean, you want to talk about somebody who seems like they have an efficient not seems but like you can see that they actually have an efficient like ease like well-oiled machine running i see like everybody who's posting oh just sent you a dm you know just sent you a dm check your inbox blah 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 so like you are really running well um how how long would you say it took you until you were able to get to that point or is that something that you were able to say like okay i see this as a gap you know because you're already working in a property management company and this is where i can kind of just take that system and roll it into well i'm big on like i'm big on systems um one thing is having a standard, they call it SOP, standard operating procedure. Mm-hmm. So when you send us a DM, we have a certain process that you're supposed to go through. You know, you're supposed to get a comment back, you're supposed to actually get a DM, you're supposed to get an email, or a phone call. So there's a journey that you're supposed to go in depending on where you start. And we make sure that you follow up with that. So that starts with making sure that we actually put you in our system. Um, and each property has a system. So each property gets posted on 10 different sites. And we make sure that the follow-up is continuous. So we try to follow up and that's how we we market ourselves as renting properties in 30 days, but most of our properties are rented in seven days. And that's because I stress marketing and really the, the SOP because you can find where it's broken. Like, okay, this step was missed. Let's get back to focusing on making sure after you send us a DM that we follow up with you two or three times until you tell us you found a place to stay. Hmm. When Dikembe emphasized you just closed on your first million dollar deal. Awesome. Congratulations. Yep. Has has another one happened since then or is it we still at the one? We have the one, the million dollar deal. It was actually 1.8. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, it was almost 2 million. <laughs> you selling it short. Yeah. So it was 1.8. It was, okay. but, and it was 26 units. Hmm. Fortunately, and I can say it now, the appraisal came in at 2.5. Oh, wow. Wow. So it actually had in a, a lot of equity built in. And some of the rents were undervalued. When we get finished, um, I would even say in maybe June, it's going to be worth close to $4 million. Oh, man. So I'm, I'm a rookie, total rookie. I just listen to what they all talk about. But doesn't that yeah. mean that you instantly, when, it got, when the appraisal got back, mm-hmm. you instantly made like a liquid 700, right? That's correct. It's an oh, equity game. man. Yeah. So you, you touched wow. on it. You touched on it a little earlier. And this is a perfect segue because you brought up things like the Burr method. Right. Yes. And it's almost like that's kind of like the process you could go through now with this, right? You said there's still some improvements that need to be made. You were able to buy this property at a lower value and came back with a higher appraisal. 
right? So is what, what is the next steps of the process going to look like now, knowing that you have to, you know, go in and there's some value add available to it? For that apartment building, so now it's actually increasing the rents and try to provide different things for cash flow, vending machines, um, laundry. And your goal is to actually maximize your monthly income and then you'll get a higher appraisal at the end. Hmm. So everybody that was paying $600 by June, they'll be out. The rents will be close to $975. So you're really increasing the value overall by like 30% across the board. And that's not in counting the additional income that you'll be receiving while cutting, by owning a management company, you get a cut a lot of the actual other services that you offer as well. So it's, um, you know, it's a, when you know the game, when you understand certain things, you start to make small, small things can make a big difference at the end. Some as small as changing all the leases from $600 to $975 can change your value an extra almost, uh, you know, $700,000 when you talk about 26 units. Yeah. And then I, like, like you're saying then on an annual basis, that really does change your overall return for that entire project. Sure, dude. And then once again, we're talking, this is just one property. That's just one building, right? With multiple units. And I think that's another thing that, especially for people who might just be completely new to the real estate game, right? A lot of us might think of it, oh, I buy my first home. Cool. I'm here. And then maybe I might buy a second home and rent out this first one there. But like we're starting to see, right? More and more people are getting into multifamily investing. They're buying properties with more than one unit within one property. Looking at it from a management perspective, right? Like, would you say you would rather manage 10 single family homes or two apartment complexes that have 10 units each? I would prefer to manage two apartment complexes, but I do want to say if I'm a rookie and I'm just getting started out, I think that you can't skip the step of the single family uh, process. Because the Kembe, if you jump in to buy in a 10-unit apartment building, nope. you're going to have some issues. Whereas opposed to if you spend two years buying three or four single families, then you can make that jump. But the single families, that's where you're going to learn to make your mistakes, learn how to run the tenants, and build the process, your your management process that suits you and your personality. Yeah. And I'm happy you said that about like taking the time right and like really learning these things because even before I became licensed, you know, what I did was spend the time while I was still working at the bank to learn so much about real estate, right? Talking to people who are involved in the business like yourself to figure out, okay, what are some things that I should start learning to start doing now? Because when I do get five, 10 years from now, you know, these are some things I want to implement. But like you said, you don't want to have to jump into something early and then make all the errors, right? We were talking about this last week with Stu. It's like, how can you take the leap, but set up a certain like risk, you know, management process so you don't completely shoot yourself in the foot, right? So um, like you're saying, like you start off small with a couple single families and then move into a multifamily. Um, now, do you, I know you say you don't do any flips, but have you ever done a flip on, on like a single family property before? Like a bird method? Yeah, I spent three years flipping. So I quit my job and um, three years ago, two or three years ago, and I was no longer lendable for the bird method. So that was one of the mistakes I made. So I had to flip for three years just to keep food on the table and build capital. Um, and that was a lesson in itself because flipping is a completely different ball game than rentals. And I learned that, I learned that the hard way. And at the end of the year, the reason I don't flip anymore was, was because capital gains tax, I almost, I made less with the flips overall than I would have if I would have just uh, refinanced. How, how much does the, the taxes play into that? I know you, you just touched on that, but for people who are like simple-minded, 
what, what's the difference or what's the overall penalty that you're talking about right here? My account will go into detail, but for me, it was close to like 23, 24%. Mm-hmm. So if you made um, $30,000 on a flip, I'm giving back, what's that, six or $7,000? Right. And you're talking 12 months later and that money, I promise you, is gone. <laughs> and as opposed to as opposed to if you're renting a property, you're not really paying as many as much in taxes on the income. Correct. Yeah. yeah I don't think I'm paying any taxes because it's not considered income on, on a refinance. Mm. Yep. It's just like once again, just re- it's well, for people who understand, like a refinance is kind of like you're just restructuring the current loan that you had at the time. Right. For right. another set period of time. Um, and what a lot of uh, investors usually do after first year or two, after you've built some equity or you've gained some equity in the property, you can do what's called like a cash out refinance, right? right? That's where you're pulling out some of that equity, some of that cash from the property to either maybe use for another investment, fund something else. But once again, let's not think of it as like taking profit and now you're off you know, to the races. You should have another plan for this money. Because like, um, and I'm interested to hear your opinion on this because that's something I've noticed a lot that people talk about. And working in the bank, you know, you hear people always say like, oh, you can cash out refi and put 60000 back in your pocket. And I'm like, but, you know, something doesn't sound right there. Like, I feel like taxes have to come involved, you know, or, you know, what, what should be the next step of the process? Because it doesn't, it, to me, it just sounds too easy the way people make it sound where they say, oh, I just cash out refinance this and now I'm off to the races, you know, with X amount of dollars in my pocket. Well, it's a combination of both because it is that easy. And that's why, that's why a lot of people do. However, when you pull out as a lot of money, then your monthly payment is high. So then your cash flow could be limited. So um, I always say you try to find a balance. But once you have the capital, let's say we have the capital, then I don't necessarily pull out all the money now on a bird method because I don't necessarily need it. I prefer to have the cash flow. But it can be it can be really that easy. That's why so many people are doing it. And that's why you hear bird, 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 bird all the time because like, oh, wow, you know, we can actually make a profit. And if you keep a tenant inside that's paying nine times out of 10, you're, you're going to be okay. Yeah. So did you get hit twofold then when COVID, because you started back in 2007, you said, obviously you made it through that in 2008 and now you just had the pandemic. Did you get hit twofold or, or was it actually lucrative for you? Oh man, pandemic. And I don't know what type of following you have, not to get political, but it was a pure blessing on my business side. Sure. I told Interesting. You, man, I told you, people turn a pandemic into a pandemic. That's it. So, it, 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 what did you do? Because you you were you're fortunate. That's different than the majority, right? Of of people out there, there were a lot of people that did turn it into a green um, pandemic. What what? How was it so profitable for you? Oh boy! During uh, March and April, I was buying properties at such a discount, playing on people's. I won't say playing. People were fearful of what was going to happen in the future. I was very secure that I was going to be okay. So when I, if I told you some of the numbers, buying properties for 30,000, 20,000, 60,000, and I was coming off of a pretty decent year. So I had the capital to purchase and I, and I went crazy with buying everything. And then I think by like June or July, there was this buying frenzy or an appraisal, all the appraisals were through the roof. So I was cashing out 25, 30% higher than what I had already estimated. And some people are still fearful today for whatever reason, but uh, between that and on the management side where the city was paying everybody's rent, it was, I think, October 5th. I remember the date. And I looked at my portfolio and every tenant had paid up. Mm. Wow. Wow. Which had never happened before because the city was paying three months, 12 months, 18 months. 
uh, for everybody. And by the October 5th, I believe it was 2020, all my tenants were, I had, everybody was paid up. Everybody was paid up. I had a bunch of discount properties and I thought that I was the king, LeBron James of real estate in the middle of the pandemic. <laughs> Literally <laughs> playing Monopoly in real life. That's yeah, awesome. playing Monopoly in real life. Everybody's like, are you okay? Are you wearing your mask? I'm <laughs> okay? here, bro. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fun. Good for you, man. So can, can, can we touch on that real quick? You talk about, you know, like make like the city was making sure like, you know, some of the tenants were still being paid. And I know they have the rental assistance program. But I also see a big part of what you do is you deal with a lot of uh, rental properties that also offer Section 8 housing affordable yeah. housing. Um, can you kind of touch on that? Because I, like we were talking about this before, I think a lot of people have misconceptions, you know, what Section 8 really is in general, um, you know, the type of tenant that is involved with Section 8 and what really the the stability, right? Like in the opportunity in Section 8 housing. See, I like guaranteed money. And what I coach um, investors that's, that are coming up, we like to stress to have your, you want to have all of your mortgages paid on the first. And one way to do that is to make sure that your Section 8 income matches everyone's income. So if I have 40 units, I may have $18,000 mortgage payments across the board. I need $18,000 to hit my account on the first. And the best way to do that is to get, you know, 18 out of 40 units to be section eight tenants to make sure that we're not going in our pocket on the fifth or the 18th, whatever the mortgage payment to pay for something else when it could be covered. So in, in a simple in a simple dumbed down reason, that's just how I just took it. <clears throat> you have a forty unit building, has an eighteen thousand dollar mortgage. Your goal as the property manager or the owner of the property is to get eighteen of those guaranteed paid by the government, section A. So you know right. your mortgage is covered on the first, correct? Well, not I want to say eighteen, but we want to get yes, eighteen thousand. So if it's a thousand per unit, yeah, my eighteen units to be re out. Yep. Interesting. So and now, do you property. use that strategy that strategy with almost every property that you have, or is that just a goal, or is that in your SOP that you spoke on earlier? Yeah. So a lot of times, you'll see if I have a duplex, if my mortgage is eight hundred dollars, the first floor or second floor, one of the tenants will be Section Eight. If I have a four-unit building and I think the mortgage is a thousand, then I may have one. If it's a little bit more, I'll have two. And the more Section Eight you do, I, it's a lot of benefits to Section Eight tenants. Um, compared to market tenants, I haven't had any problems out of our Section 8 tenants, pandemic, no pandemic um, at all. Wow. And See, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I think because when you think about just the voucher program that some of these tenants have to go through, right? It's not an easy process to even qualify for Section 8. And then it's not, it's not an easy process. And it's similar of a rite of passage here in Philadelphia where you could pass it down. There are people who are generations of Section 8. And you don't want to be the one to lose it. Um, and if your rent is 25 bucks, who can't pay $25 at the end of the month, you know? Exactly. And now, is it, just because I'm unfamiliar with the territory, and I'm sure that a lot of our listeners are, is it difficult on your end to get into the Section 8 world? Like, did you have to do that's additional really work? Or because it sounds like that's the move. Yeah, like right? how would you- I so, know there's cons, yeah. but how, yeah. How, how would do you rookie... prep like a rental, you know, for, sure. for Section 8? How do you get approved for that type of like housing accommodation? Uh, well, I'm also, I'm a general contractor as well. So they have on their website, frequently asked, you know, things that prop, that will cause a property to frequently fail. Um, so, and also by me managing properties, it only takes me to fail two or three times to where now I can go through a property and say, look, this outlet needs to be grounded. This needs a handrail. This, you know, let's get the heat on. 
and they're not asking for anything that's unreasonable. It's like who you, you want to have heat in all your rooms. So, and that's how I look at it is if you want to provide a quality product, which we try to, we actually try to over provide with luxury housing for section eight tenants. They're really happy. Um, the things that they're asking for, they're not unrealistic to that you want to have in your tenant. Yeah. And like you said, um, you know, being able to put those types of that standard of, you know, like finish in the in the homes. Do you see that people usually take better pride, like in the home, better care of it? Or do they kind of just trash the property and then you got to put the money back in? Now, see, that'll come to me preaching because not every R in the bird method is built the same. <laughs> so my biggest thing is I think the rental R should be about five times bigger when I see it written out because it's the most important R. Um, prior to us letting tenants move in, we do inspect their house. Um, trying to get into one of our our units is probably like the Harvard of Philadelphia rooms. Wow. So cool. they're like, thing. did you get it through? Did you get into Jackson Homes? Like, no, no, no. And those that do, they take it with pride because they know we're going to take care of them. And we have one of the better products in the city. So picking your tenants wisely, screening and not rushing is a cheat code to having um, success in this game. If you go let the first person in who has a 700 credit score and then you go, we're all guys. I don't know if we could talk. You have been to a girl house. You know, I cannot believe you live like this. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, bro, she's like the cutest thing ever. You know, bad as bad as. Oh, my God. You know, you walk in and I'm like, you got to do the dishes. This is clean. I can't believe you look like this. Yeah, so nasty, you, start, you really start They're, thinking different. It's like, oh, right. no. Oh, no, no, yeah. no, no. Oh, no. Like, no, I'm not. Whatever I thought was going to happen tonight is not <laughs> going down. Like all the judgments <laughs> in the world start pouring in. Yeah, it, it was like, like that in college, man. Oh my gosh! Sometimes you would you would walk into a girl's dorm and, and you'd be shocked. You'd be like, it's like "These guys are living worse than us." This can't be. <laughs> yes. This, yeah. nope. yes, it's true. Yeah, it's, and those are the ones on a guy scale. You rate them a ten, but right. it's like you know what? I can't make. I can't take you home to my mom. I can't That's, wipe you up. You see, Lorenzo, you get it. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. You know, then it's maybe the sevens, eights. You walk in, they got candles and it smells <laughs> good. They got some food. You know what? Come meet Miss Jackson, please. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, you're the one. You know, you are our tenant. That's how we look. I go and I see candles. I, I feel good. All right, cool. We got some, we can work with you. That's like so that. funny. So, I like that. That's how I, you know, I, I get I can get, you know, loose, but that's how I look at it when it comes to the tenants as well. That's a life lesson right there. Yeah, that's it. If On you walk in, you levels. see a couple candles, let you know. On a few different levels right there, people. Real estate and relationship advice. It honestly makes sense though, because if you think about it, if you walk into someone's house and they have candles lit, they do care about how it smells. Of course. They gotta care about how it looks too, right? That's it. So yeah, that's great. That's a good hey, can, Yeah, candles. You can learn a lot from going into someone's house. Especially if they know you're coming. Um, oh, that. Pets, smoking, unauthorized occupants. Um, like everybody's level of clean is not the same. My grandma's level of clean is she's cleaning the, she's cleaning the, the woodworks, everything before anybody comes in. You got to wait outside till she finishes cleaning. Some um, of the younger girls, they just they don't get it. So it's just it depends. Do you allow pets in your rentals? On the higher end rentals, I think you should allow pets. Because, um, so we have some luxury rentals that are like $2,000 a month. Those you want to allow pets because they'll typically have a dog. And, yeah. and we do allow cats because pest control is not something we're covered. And that was, that's our hedge against pest control. It's like, hey, look, you can have a cat. 
can catch all the mice you want. Just don't be call don't call us. Oh, that's smart. That's brilliant. Damn, that's a good little tidbit. Wow. You should encourage it. Honestly, maybe maybe mm-hmm. cut a deal with like Mainline or like, like the SPCA. Come on over. <laughs> Open oh, or yeah. I can tell you a bunch of tidbits. How, let's say in our units, another thing is we don't really provide appliances. But mm-hmm. as an upcharge, like, look, if you want us to have your refrigerator, washer and dryer and a couple other things, that's an extra $75 to $100 a month on top of the rent. So it's a lot of things you can do when you enter into the property management. So I say the R is the biggest R that can help you monthly, appraisal-wise, um, on your refinance, even on the long term, that help you build your growth where you'll feel comfortable quitting your job if you, you know, you guys been working, invest for three years, your tenants been paying for three years, you're not nervous about putting your two weeks in. You're like, duh, bro, I'm out. I'm sorry, man. I should have left six months ago. Mm. Mm. That's, that's, that's me. That's why I say the, 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 the biggest R is rental because other than that, you can't tell you how many investors I meet that uh, in my DM, hey, I got 50 units. Mm-hmm. And you talk to them and only 23 are rented out. And out of those 23, only 10 are paying. And it's a big, it's a big shit show. And I'm like, dude, you want me to, I'll clean it up for you. But how did you get here? And I've seen so many people like that. And I try to prevent them from ever getting there. You start with one, your first unit. Is, and now, is that a part of the coaching and training that you're doing is, you know, working with people who already own, you know, their, like multiple apartment complexes and helping them get it up to, you know, a certain standard? Yeah, my, one, my bigger clients are the ones who have the big portfolios. And they want to get their um, they want to get their house in order. Hmm. And I'm a judgment free zone, so like, hey, look, you did you made we all make mistakes, but I can help you get it cleaned up in X amount of time and get you up and running. So you're turning your business that went maybe from red to bright green, and they appreciate that. Gotcha. So do you usually go in with that from like a like a partnership standpoint, or are you like a, kind of just ma- like helping them manage it, or are you now partnering on on the property? I'm more so I'm not a partner on the property. I never want to take their equity out. I just offer a service of management. I like that. And once and I try to educate them while I'm providing the service to like, you know, like you guys learn while we're together. So then hopefully you can go you can go on your own. That's yeah. I, I put that up on my story earlier today. I said mm-hmm. you got to learn before you earn. Yeah, yeah. you got um, to. And now is looking at like your networking ability, right? Like in the real estate market. I know, you know, once again, I brought up people like Malik Carter. Um, there's people I follow like Derek Boone, you know, a lot of these people who are invested, who are involved, you know, in the real estate world. I'm like, wow, you know, just connecting with these people because I'm trying to build my network. Right. Like coming from most of my family, people know on the podcast, like still lives, you know, in South America. I got a few people scattered in Brooklyn, but not many people here in Philly per se. Right. So trying to like connect with people like yourself, people like who are really involved in it so you can really learn. Right. And get a firsthand experience. Like how were you able to start making those connections or was it just. Well, there's a. It's not a necessarily a secret society, but uh, myself, three of the people you just mentioned, we're all in the same networking group. Mm-hmm. Me, Coach Carter, Derek Boone. I don't know if you had um, Tyreek Rika State on here as well. Mm-hmm. So we're all in the same, Doug, that we're all in the same sort of inner circle in a way. And that's where we trade secrets. You learn half the time is not necessarily in Philly. We'll go all the way to Miami or just have moments. Um, but networking, I'm in a fraternity, big on that. I'm in EYL, mm-hmm. I'm in by the hood. And networking is how we get our properties. So you can't be, don't be afraid of. But also I think is renting properties has opened up so many doors for me. That was my entry to the doors. Like everybody's looking around, like how much can we rent it for? And I'm the only one in the room 
to answer on this multi-million dollar deal. And it started as early as like I was 25 years old. So that's just happened. But take the time to network, reach out to people and mainly have something to offer. It's not too many times where people want to go out to eat or um, get their brain picked. It's like, oh, you know, you got a podcast. This is a perfect opportunity. Like, hey, you got a podcast, bring me on. And if they have an event, show up. Hmm. Yeah, show up. Show up to the event, show up, show out. And that's how I I do it, you know? Like, that's, you know, I like how you just summed up that point there, right? Like, show up. Um, I'm not sure if you you follow Jalen, but that's something that he posts daily, right? It's just show up for certain things, right? And I think that is one thing that I definitely have just trying to been focused on, especially, you know, in the first year of building your real estate business. Everything may not click, you know, exactly how you saw it, but if you can continue to show up day in and day out, something, you know, will start to figure itself out. Like you're putting the work and you're learning eventually, you're connecting with people and you're going through the process, right? And that's what you have to do is show up. I gotta show up. Yeah, man. So, um, well, we appreciate you showing up very much. I like that. And, and before we cut to the the content record of the week to ending, I want to touch on your coaching part portion also. When you when someone reaches out to you, what does the initial process look like when you take them on? Like, say someone was listening and they wanted a new coach, mm-hmm. what does it look like? And what what are you what's your goals with whoever reaches out to you? A lot of it depends on. Um, I like to start with their biggest fear is because some people's biggest fear is the construction fees. So you'll see if you follow us, we have our ride alongs and the ride alongs are for people who don't know how to deal with contractors, who don't know how to, and it's almost on the base on the bird method. They struggle with the uh, rehab process of the, of the bird method. Um, and then we have the rental ones and that's more of a personal level. And that's the service that we offer. This is how you find tenants. All right. And the refinance, we have a loan officer that we will refer to you and also repeat. So you got to find, you learn how to find deals. So it all depends on where you're at on the burn, what you're struggling with. If you're struggling with all five, come on, bring it on. But if you just have one specific issues, a lot of times I found that people have one specific issue. Like, all right, look, I know how to buy houses, but I'm having trouble with a crew. Like, okay, cool. I don't know how to rehab it. This is where we start. This is our four phases of fixing up a house. This is our list of contractors. Here you go. And um, so I would love to ask, can I ask you guys, like, where are you at with it? Which, which what areas are you struggling with that um, you may need help? And what is your biggest fear when it comes to real estate? So so I'm not involved in the real estate game at all. Uh, I'm not at all. <laughs> I should be. So I own a house. I own the house mean? we're in right now. So I go. guess okay. I am involved. See, so I, involved. I own this. Yep. Uh, that's about it. Dikembe just started his his journey. So that, that's a question more for him. I mean, I, I can't. I don't have a fear because I'm not in the game. So okay. um, I guess the fear would be jumping into the game. But other than that, the only thing preventing that would probably just be uh, capital if that if I had that objective. But there you go. Um, for for okay. me, I, I know it's, well, once again, like building out a whole bunch of different parts of real estate right now, right now I'm focusing on just building a sustainable business. So I know I'm focusing really on rentals and, you know, building listings. If, when I eventually want to get into, you know, on the investing side is being able to also build out a property management company to manage, you know, my rentals and also rentals from people I, you know, network with, you know, people like friends, family and things like that. Okay. The part that worries me with that is exactly what you said about putting together the crew of people, right? Like having a reliable group of people that you can now say, okay, I have this property under, you know, under my management, under contract. How do I now go in and make sure that I have this subcontract for this X, Y, and Z, you know, and putting okay. people in the right places? Because 
once again, I think that a lot of that comes back to the networking, right? And knowing where to identify people, but that's also the challenge that I've been running. It's okay. Where do you find these people and how do you find them fast enough to be of service to people? I mean, and answer your question, a lot of times it's being in the same, like your network, because if I need a painter, you just say, hey, who has a paint? You know, who has this? And I remember you, you said about the four things, whether it was work hard, but my biggest thing, I think, is mindset when you came to what's most important is work ethic and mindset. But once you have the mindset to me that you're going to do it and that you can do it, it's just a matter of time before you had it actually just starts to happen because your mindset is going to push everything else behind it. Your, your work ethic, discipline, once your mind is made up, you're, you're, you're good to go. So Dikembe, once your mind is made up, we're going to see that everything's going to follow in perfect steps. Cause you got me on here. Everybody that you mentioned, you have, if you're in Philly, you have every coach that you would ever need to succeed in the Philadelphia area. Yeah. And I think that's the exciting thing about it too, especially like, you know, the time that we're in and you're seeing a lot of development going on in Philly. You know, um, I know my family just down in South America and Guyana, you know, they're very involved in real estate and very involved in business and development. So that's something that's always, like you said, just being exposed to it growing up. That's always been a kind of conversation and in an environment that I grew up in. So, you know, like my early years of working, it was always kind of hard for me to kind of like fall into certain things where you didn't have certain level of opinion or ability to really like grow within it or like be able to give your all. And I kept seeing this with like real estate, you know, people who are really developing these things. And now I'm like, wow, like you're saying, every person that you really need to learn from is right here within a five to 10 mile radius. You just need to be able to start having the conversations with them. And, you know, this is why, you know, once again, one of the biggest reasons why we wanted to start a podcast is have conversations with people who will continue to push you to another level, right? Like continue to just stir up that curiosity and just see like where, where the conversation can go. Because, like, you really never know, right? Like, a couple of years ago, I did not think we would be sitting here, you know, having this conversation um, with you. And now here we are. So, and imagine where we'll be five years from now having another conversation about this. Oh, yeah. You know, I want you guys, um, you know, I know, I don't know if you're about to wrap it up, but I do want to, I have a group of guys that will blow your mind. A couple guys that are in my network that have 100 units. So, I'm a smaller fish in some of my other, and a lot of my other groups. Where I'm like, you got 100 units? And... They call you say, "What are you working?" I'm working on four houses, and then okay, well, I just bought thirteen. Yeah. So imagine that you know having that conversation, and you're not. There's no jealousy involved. They're like, "Well, you know, you could do it too. This is how. Go do this. Go do these three things." That, I'm like, "Okay, great." And yeah, we gotta talk, Lorenzo. Hundred percent. Yeah, we gotta talk. I love man. that you said that. Everybody's like willing and like to start sharing information, right? Because you see, like, if you can share and start networking, like everybody really wins, right? Is it, yeah. it goes like you know I, I love bringing up paid in full. It goes back to the whole thing. Everybody eats, right? Like if you keep everybody around you happy, then it. Why would you not want that? You know, so yeah. I'm I'm really big on that. So I cannot wait to see where this goes. No, and it's yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Like yeah, like our network group will meet on a Thursday at one o'clock or eleven o'clock, and there's thirty of us there because none of us have jobs, and we can free information share you know freely because it's amongst like-minded individuals, and nobody's bragging, nobody's. It doesn't come off as bragging, but if I say, all right, yeah, you know, I made a million dollars last year to someone that doesn't understand, they're like, all right, you know, you'll get it. But it's a, it's a different time when you change your, your circle that's around you. So we'll be easily be able to bring you guys in. And I got about five guests that got 100 units that are hop right on here um, 
for your next couple of guests if you don't have them lined up. Oh, we would love yeah, to talk to them, definitely, man. I mean, 100%. Yeah, we'll definitely get that Different insights, up. absolutely. Yeah, ASAP, I'll yeah. reach out. Yeah, tomorrow we'll keep the conversation going and I'll, um, we'll get that set up. Because yeah. this is- Sorry about that. Yeah, because I'm just thinking, I'm like, wow, you know, imagine if um, I had my man KR on here, he would, he could definitely show you how he built his 100, 100 you know, unit portfolio in a couple, in five years, so. But um, sorry about that. Five years, man. And that's the thing, you know, we have a lot of like, obviously we're a millennial based podcast, you know, people of a younger age who are still figuring out that next thing they want to do. And being able to come into these types of conversations will be huge, right? Like even people further in their lives, right? Like you never, it's never too early you just, or too late to start, you know? So, man. No, you guys are bringing a lot of value because we struggle with certain things. It took me two hours, two, it took me almost four hours to make my first reel on instagram oh my god oh you gotta talk to the kembe man he he listen, went through man. some trials and tribulations listen, man, trying to I film a it, cup of coffee man i got it down though <laughs> i got it down listen 2022 people are not ready okay you are taking off on the marketing side but it is it, it is tough it's that's a different that's a different ball game so listen people just take your time everything's a learning process Oh, I didn't ask. I didn't before we go into content wreck. I didn't ask what we were sipping on. Let us know. I see you were taking a sip of something over there. Which yeah, I don't know, man. I got my Jackson Runner Holmes cup here. I don't know if y'all can see that, but I'm sipping on water today. You know, uh, I'm gonna see your brother in a little bit if he's still at the gym. So I might, I might see him in a few. I think he's off today. He'll be there tomorrow. So he'll be there tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, we definitely got to you know talk some time at the gym because I'm usually there like later on now. But how about you, Dikembe? You didn't answer what you're sipping on. You were about I, to ramble. Well, you know, say that again. What you said? What are y'all sipping on? So listen, we had another rough weekend where our friend just had us up to too much, right? Another we wedding. wedding, another weekend, another wedding. Mm-hmm. Here we were, up in Bear Mountain, New York. Yep. You ever Ooh. been up there? No. It was cold, man. Listen, don't don't go up there in the wintertime. Don't. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Beautiful nope. though, but it was cold. Summertime is great. You can go up there and grill, chill. We used to do it when we were young, still living in Brooklyn. Don't go up there in the winter though. You'll be upset. So what I'm doing today is I'm still rehydrating. <laughs> All right. So I got some Propel and some water. All right, shaked up together. We got to get the electrolytes back in because I'm not feeling okay. Probably won't until about Friday of this week. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I thought you guys would bounce back faster than that. No. I'm good, man. No. He's a liar. I'm good. Uh, <laughs> I'm fine. I had a rough Sunday yeah. and an even worse Saturday. So the wedding was actually Saturday, and we made a mistake, Lorenzo, uh, Friday night after the rehearsal dinner. Mm. Way too hard. Big mistake. We ended up getting the meeting room. We Listen, you flirted know. with the lady at the desk a little bit, and she let us have the meeting room in the hotel. You said she liked eyelashes, right? That's I, what she said. Yeah, she she liked his eyelashes, so that's what got us the meeting room. She did. She liked next me a thing lot. you know, thirty minutes later, we're sitting there, room full of twenty eight, thirty, and thirty year olds playing musical chairs. Yeah, we were partying. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, we were so partying. You, you know, the drinks were going. I wasn't drinking. I don't know. I don't Saturday know. was but bad, they, man. They were turned up. And and but we woke up. We went to the wedding. Um, and I, I'm sipping on, well, it's empty now, but what I started the episode with was coffee. There and you go. An espresso um, Congo flavored. Mm. Mm-hmm. I was talking to someone, oh, actually. We got some stuff I got to talk to you about. Some big things coming up in the future. Cool. Some partnerships with some people. So Okay, cool, man. We'll talk. We'll, we'll see. Talk. Cool. Yep. And then we'll get Lorenzo involved. There we go. Oh, yeah, man. Next time we get some real drinks, though, one of these days, man. I would have been ready for you guys. Listen, we got some. Well, we got a lot of stuff coming up in the future, so this is, this is the first of many. Uh, so Lorenzo, we wrap up, I'm sure Dikembe told you, we wrap up every episode with a content wreck of the week. Um, do you happen to have a book, podcast, video that you would recommend, um, for our listeners that you think would be beneficial or something that you saw recently recently. show that you think everyone would enjoy? I really appreciate, um, earn your leisure. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure I don't know if somebody ever said this, somebody probably said that before, but not necessarily 
the podcast in general, but the community that they have behind it. Um, like right now, there's a real estate call. And I've learned so much from that, the groups, the earn your leisure groups. That's, that's amazing. And other than that would be for those that are looking to level up and what changed my the trajectory of my business, going from buying four to five houses to 12 to 15 a year was, if y'all familiar with Herman Dulce, mm. um, the Bella Sloan group, enterprise group, learning business credit and business funding, it, it, it's done wonders for me. And every time I see him, I just give him a big hug. You know, we grown men. He doesn't even know. I'm like, I learned so much from executing from his business that, you know, we bought four units last week. We're buying another house this Friday. And we're still spending the money that he helped, that I learned from his program almost two years ago. And what was his name? Herman Dulce. Okay. Cool. He has, he has a book out as well. So earn, to earn your leisure, not necessarily the podcast, and we talked about networking, but the community behind it. And that's going the same with Herman Dulce and the Bella Sloan community. Um, all things business funding. I went from nothing, learned, knowing nothing, anything about business funding to doing my own funding and helping other people as well. So that's when you get to the point where you're like, all right, look, I got my LLC. I'm ready to buy five houses in two months. Come in. That's the, that's the play that you want to run. Mm, yep. And listen, you know we're coming to you to pick your brain about that. So, oh, for sure, <laughs> you know, man. We're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna figure that out. How about you, Deke? Um, listen, I don't even know if what what content rec I got for this week. Wow. Listen, I've been all over the place. He's that's a that's a first. That, that's what that I'm saying. That means that it was a rough weekend. I, yes, that's you a know that's it was a, a rough first weekend. for Dikembe. Right. I usually honestly. I always have a content what rec. So that's why I need people to realize. I'm very surprised. Yeah, but that's I'm what, honestly disappointed. I'm I'm not because this is the reality of where we're at right now. Bro, when I tell you I have just been on go, 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 sleep, go, 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 sleep, go, 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 it is, it's just been on repeat. And it's not a good thing. I'm not trying to brag like it's cool. No. I wish I could take a break right now, but it's just like between the podcast and trying to do the real estate stuff, Damn. I feel like I'm just trying to like focus in right now, especially like going into next year. It's, I mean, like I said, we have a lot of conversation, a lot of things we're doing, but um, Nothing. yeah. No. Yeah. yeah, I think 2022 started early, man. It's, yeah, yeah, well, that's good, though. I, we always say in the uh, insurance industry that the year year should end in November, mm. and then all of yeah. December you should be sandbagging and hit the ground running. Yeah. And actually, um, it's been a strategy I've I'll been I'll come using. back to it. My content rec is actually going to be your page, right, now Jackson Homes, because that is one thing I've been doing is learning from a lot of you guys, right? So I want people to go and check out your page, see what it is that you're doing, see the education that you're putting out there, right? Because you can learn. That's That's what I'm trying to do, learn, right? So... Go to Lorenzo's page. I'll tag it and I'll make sure we set up the post with it so okay. people can go there and, you know, tap in and get some some valuable content for their week. Mm. You see how I saved that? Yeah, so, yeah. That was, that, was, that was a good save. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Bert, how about you? Take us home. Yeah, I always take it easier, uh, Lorenzo, because Dikembe is always super serious. He always talks about, like, all these books and stuff. No, we're just so trying to grow. We're just trying to grow and get better. <laughs> Dikembe always takes it, like, super serious. And uh, mine is actually a new series on Disney+. Plus. Um, it's the new Hawkeye series. So do you, you I, don't, to watch that I don't know if you guys are, I know Dikembe is, I don't know if you're a Marvel buff, Lorenzo, um, but there's a new- Bro, story. we're a Marvel, we're an entire Marvel family, man. So oh, I don't know where you, man. you, did you watch Hawkeye? Man, we're ready to go. You, oh, here we go. Did you watch Hawkeye yet on Disney Plus? I didn't, I was going to let it build up for uh, like two or three episodes and I then like I that. was going to binge watch it. I tried to watch, they had the first two episodes and I was like, I'm going to watch like two hours worth of stuff. Okay, there's three on there now. First two had some mixed signals. Third was good. Third was cool, man. Uh, third picked up. 
Um, oh, that's great. I feel like that's what they've been saying about all of them, though. Loki, everyone said that. Well, no, nah, Loki uh, was dope. What, Black Across Widow? the board. Well, uh, Loki was fire. Yeah, yeah. Well, Loki was fire. WandaVision, was the first couple episodes were terrible. Yeah, right. yep. But then the ending. Right, the same thing. That's not, I don't want to ruin it because if I would have watched the first two episodes of WandaVision, I would. I may have never came back to it, but I was able to watch four in a row, and I was like, "Okay, this is pretty good." And once I saw that transition, I was like, "Oh, okay, okay, I can keep watching this one." Oh, so you're ready for Spider Man then? You're oh yeah, on. no. Like me, I was gonna rent out the entire movie theater, but Ooh. my wife told me to hold off. So we're just gonna get our tickets and Dude. be our buffs on the seventeenth. We're ready to go. Sell those tickets, man. Rent go. out the theater instead. I was thinking of flipping yeah. tickets. It's Here sold out go. like so many places already. Oh my gosh, that's it. That's that's so, crazy. All right, cool, man. We're gonna go to Lorenzo's viewing party for Spider Man. This will be good. Because yeah, no, that's yeah, that's the type of stuff we do for fun. You know, I'm gonna dress up like Doctor Strange. We have Jared coming on yeah. next week too from It Is What It Is podcast, and he's got, he's a really big uh, DC and Marvel fan. Oh, nice. He has like. 80 level knowledge on the okay. on the comics. I got, so, I got that. Yeah, level this will be a good conversation. You might need, we might need to study a little bit before next week. So cool, yeah. man. Lorenzo, then. any um any like final tips or anything that you wanted to say that you had thought about before you came on the podcast that you didn't get the chance to? Uh, my biggest thing is I really want everybody to execute. Um, we got a new year coming up, and everybody can everyone can do it. Um, not that's if it's real estate. If you want this podcast to be number one. Um, you got the potential to do it. You guys got great personalities. I'm telling you, and you got the blueprint lined up. So whatever we want to do in 2022 is about taking it to the max, try to limit our distractions. And, you know, I'm big on just, just execution, man. There we go, people. Damn. We got a new year coming. A lot of stuff happening. A lot of new connections. You're going to see first sip at the top. Listen. Y'all. Yeah, I mean, y'all really, you really can. It was like, Ernie, you just started just like this. That's, That's right. I send him says that all almost the time. every other day. Rashad and Troy sitting there. He does. In, in his dining room. And I'm like, listen, we got to start somewhere. Got to right? start somewhere, so, man. Stay, stick with us, people. Cool. Well, hey, man. One thing I've learned, you know, people pay to be on podcasts, too. Yes, yes they do. Yes. Yes. Yep. And and hopefully we, we get to the point where we establish a reach that people are doing that. Um, listen, y'all heard Lorenzo here, so y'all better know that that invoice going to come in a couple months. <laughs> maybe. So listen. Prepare yourselves. No, nah, nah, man. Th- thank you so much, Lorenzo. Like I said, we, we really appreciate you coming on, man. Yeah, it means a lot. And then I will be Absolutely. reaching out. We will talk more. Oh, yeah. Diving into the network, uh, multiple reasons. But with that being said, as always, everyone, enjoy the first tip.